Welcome to HomeWise. We are Steve and Kara Murphy. We have been married for just over a quarter century. We're the parents of 11 and grandparents of four. I am a pastor full-time and part-time run a construction business with our older sons. My wife Kara is a very long-term homeschool mom and our desire with this podcast is to help parents, primarily moms, apply wisdom in everything having to do with the home. Today on the HomeWise podcast, we are going to discuss uh, an organization that we work closely with for about five years now, yeah. almost five years. And uh, you've heard us reference it before, and there's been some times where we've talked about it in a little more detail. Uh, and some of you have asked about it, and uh, there's just so much there that we thought it might be good to spend a little more time talking about it. So today we're going to talk about NACD, the National Association of Childhood Development. And I think they have a NACD.org. Is that the website? I think so. Yeah. Just if anybody wants to look them up. So we started working with, well, let me preface by saying that we have actually gotten several specific questions about NACD. We have not talked about NACD specifically because we didn't want to look like we were trying to promote a particular program or something. And um, NACD can be expensive. For what you get, it's a great value. Oh, yeah. And if you're going to go, like if you have a child with special needs and you're going to do therapies, NACD is so much more cost effective. But if you're just a typical homeschooling family with struggling learners and you use the library and you don't buy math curriculum, then NACD is, you know, it seems like a big price tag. Yeah, it's crazy price tag, right? in, in comparison. Right. Um, um, having said that, though, they've been given a large donation and right now their initial evaluation fees, initial assessments are about half the price. So it is a great time. If you have a struggling learner or a child that needs more than you feel like your knowledge base yeah. can cover, yeah. NACD is a great uh, bargain right now if that's what you're doing. But I, we're not associated with NACD no. beyond that we no. <laughs> we do use their services, um, and we're not you know we're not promoting them because we have any vested interest in that. No. We're promoting them primarily because we've had such wonderful success. Yeah. So and that all started five years ago with Rich's accident. Right. We just had the anniversary um, of Rich's uh, car accident, as many of you have know already. Our oldest son was in a single car accident five years ago, right after he turned 18 years old, and he tr- sustained a broken pelvis and a traumatic brain injury. We right away knew that he would need to have different kinds of therapy, cognitive, physical therapy, occupational therapy, all of, all of those things to help get him to go from right after his accident where it's like we got to raise him again. He went from babyhood to adulthood Mm -hmm. in about six months. And I mean, things as simple as we were feeding him, spoon feeding him and taking care of all of his personal needs Mm -hmm. um, to you know, today he's a husband and father and he's doing awesome. And the traumatic brain injury did change his personality some, but it made him very sweet and kind and loving. Yeah. Whereas most people who sustain traumatic brain injuries end up depressed or, 
anxious, aggressive, or yeah, things yeah. that that he's not really. We've not seen that, but we had a lot. We had a family, friends of friends, um, who had gone through a similar thing, and they knew we were homeschoolers, and that we they knew what we were the kind of people who want would want to learn how to do the therapies at home and mm-hmm. do them with us. And so they told us about NACD, and we contacted them. And so NACD handled all of his recovery, everything. Um, and we just had phenomenal results. He had a hundred percent, uh, recovery, which just doesn't happen with traumatic brain injuries usually. And it was really just a very simple plan of us at home working with him. Uh, he had his assessments via Skype, mm-hmm. uh, laying, well, in, laying in his bed. Yeah. When he first started in ACD, he was not able to travel because he had yeah. that broken pelvis and he couldn't even be weight bearing, yeah. you know? So... So we had great success with them. And as I was going through the program with Rich, because one of the big things was we were retraining his brain to help his brain that so that the damaged areas would then be taken up by another area of the brain mm-hmm. so that he could do all the things he used to do. It's just a little different part of his brain is doing it, mm-hmm. driving that. And as I was going through it, I was thinking, oh, man, I wish I had had this resource for our second son, Luke, who struggled with some pretty significant learning um, disabilities, delays, issues. Because mm-hmm. I saw how all these things that Rich was doing would have been so helpful to Luke. Yeah. And so we went through his, I think we were, we were, we were on, we used NACD for about a year. And then Rich was 100% recovered. And so, you know, he was going on with life. He was starting to pursue things. So we, we dropped it. So fast forward a couple of years. And, We, you know, with a large family and a lot of pregnancies and even some of our health, my health issues, consistency hasn't always been our strong point in homeschooling. And so I chalked up a lot of some of our learning, learning situations that were difficult. Well, if I was just more consistent, if I was just more consistent, if I, you know, so I, I made the assumption that a lot of the problems they were having. Now it was interesting because some of our kids, even with that assumption, a lot of problems they were having were because, because I wasn't you weren't being consistent. Right. And yet some of our kids, you know, without absolute consistency, they were learning to read and learning to do math and moving on and doing really well. And then some of our children just weren't progressing well. Mm-hmm. So we came into a situation or, or a time when I was able to be super, super consistent. And, um, I worked with, and especially, one of ours, um, I mean, I was so consistent with him, working with him, with the reading and with the math. And at the end of the six months, the child had made zero progress. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just flabbergasted. I don't know what to do. And didn't at the time, didn't we own a national homeschooling magazine? <laughs> we just, we, let's see, one, two, we had just sold it. Yeah. But, so um, we just spent five years talking to people about homeschooling right. nationally. And now it's not working. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean. <laughs> so you can imagine our distress. Yeah. So I'm a homeschool failure, you know, because I have been, I have corrected the mistakes that I thought I was making and I'm making zero progress with this child. Yeah. Uh, it was great for our relationship. <laughs> we, we, we were getting along really well, but we were making zero progress. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we're not super high academic people. We're not trying to make our kids into Einstein. We're not trying to get them into Harvard by the time they're 14. You know, we're not those people, if you will. But there is just a level of when you've been working through phonics and math curriculum with your eight year old and 
he's still only on lesson one in both of them because he hasn't mastered anything. You think, you know, there's something wrong here. And that's where we found ourselves. And I was also having, uh, I was having these, uh, deja vu of our second son because what our, our son was, our our little guy was struggling with looked exactly like what it looked like with Luke. Mm -hmm. And I literally, I had a night where I think I went to bed crying and I woke up at you know three in the morning and I'm just praying about this because I'm going, okay, yeah, I don't know what else to do here. And it's like, God just went bing, NACD. And the Lord had provided some money for us at that time. So it wasn't quite as, uh, it wasn't, you know, yeah, it was doable. Yeah. So I woke up the next morning and I'm like, honey, what would you think about this, about doing this? Now, because we had some money, um, I pretty much said, look, this one is really bad, but this one has this one issue. This one has this issue. This one has this issue, you know, and if one of them is going to do it, we might as well all do it because it won't work if I'm doing homeschooling this way with this child and then trying to do it this way with these other ones. Um, so it's kind of a, we're kind of a, you know, all for one and one for all kind of thing. So we prayed about it a few days. We did some research. And then you were like, if they can help us with these kids, yeah, let's do it. So we contacted them. I'm pretty sure we were, at that point, we had seven children that were evaluated and put on plan. Um, and we were pretty much the, I think we might have been one of their largest families and mm-hmm. the most number of kids mm-hmm. um, with seven uh, in the program. Yeah. So we jumped in and it was a very big change from what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So this is where NACD really shines because we, we actually had to drive to Charlottesville. We stayed overnight. We had all seven children evaluated and over and over, it was the same thing. We came in and sat down, you know, uh, Miss Ellen, um, Doman, is our evaluator and she sat down, sat down at a desk across from our kids and, you know, she had them do a little math and reading placement and, you know, had some conversation with them, asked them to do a couple of things. And I am thinking in my mind, oh my word, I have just wasted thousands of dollars because I can give a little reading assessment and I can give a little math. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, oh, what a a waste, you know, Mm -hmm. my goodness. And then the child goes out. And then she says, okay, let's talk about this child. And all of a sudden, she is giving me information on my child. I mean, it's like, you know my child better than anyone else I know. <laughs> because After, of, after a 45-minute evaluation. Yeah, yeah, she's just picked up on all these things, and this is the way his brain working. This is what he's thinking. This is why he does this. This is why he does this. Oh, I see this all the time, and da-da-da-da-da. And does he do this, and does he do this, and does he do that? And I'm like... Yes. You nailed them. Oh, my word. Is that related to this, too? And she did that times seven. Times seven with each individual child. So it wasn't even like, oh, she's just got a script she's going on. She got lucky. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) She just nailed it. So The point is... She and they at NACD are incredibly high trained, highly trained, highly knowledgeable, highly perceptive of learning issues and uh, behavior issues and, and disabilities. And, and you think she's talking to him about something and really she's evaluating six other things. Yeah. She's watching in the background. Yeah. All these other things. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like sitting down with a counselor 
who asked you a particular question and you think they want to know the answer to the question, but what they want to know is they want to see your facial expressions right. when she asks it, how yes. you act as you're answering it, how you're shifting in your seat, yes. uh, <laughs> what things you don't say, right. what things you do say. Right. She's catching it all. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, um, so after that, then she creates a program for each child mm-hmm. um, that addresses their weaknesses, addresses their struggles, mm-hmm. that individual individualized for each of them and you know the tens of thousands of programs they've written they said they've never written two exactly the same Mm -hmm. because and this is where i really appreciate they treat each child as an individual they're and that it's kind of the opposite of curriculum curriculum treats everybody the same yeah and this gives you a program that is tailor-made to your particular child and what happens is they adjust it as the child grows and changes yeah it's always adaptable and um there's support. That's the one thing that I really, really appreciate is you're also assigned a coach and that coach you have weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever you need phone calls. Mm-hmm. And that coach is a liaison with the evaluator, but it's, she's also, she's your coach and she's mm-hmm. the one who's helping you and working through problems and helping you implement this. And how do I do this? And, you know, and, and right about the time I get completely stuck how am I going to do this, this, and this? Yeah. She'll come through with, well, have you thought about this? Because she has so much experience with families. And mm-hmm. they work with children all the way from almost comatose mm-hmm. to the really high-achieving kids. Mm-hmm. So they've got this broad spectrum of experience that pretty much, you know, there's there's not much they haven't seen before. Yeah. So they, they can take a high high-achieving, even adult. Yes, and make and, them and take them even further. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so that is it has been in that way. We saw they have a they have a track record of things like taking kids a year's worth of reading level in three to four months. Mm-hmm. They have a track record for you know catching kids up to where they need to be or getting them ahead. And so for us that, like I said, we are not big academicians. We are not, I don't really care how my child compares to other children, but I do care that I'm teaching them in the way that they understand and can learn and that we're helping address problems because a lot of those problems then translate into these other problems when they're adults. Sure. And, and, you know, we're just talking about one category here of learning and academics, but what we've learned also through NACD is that. Uh, recurring behavioral issues end up being addressed yes. through this as well because a lot of those behavioral issues are actually um, attached to, to yeah. some this diffi- is what's some going on in the difficulty brain. in their brain right. that they're not able to overcome. Right. And so it triggers a behavior or yeah. it or it just frustrates the heck out of them. Right. And so they act this way. Or everybody around them. Yeah. You know, where your child is not being a blessing to people because, and then later on the adult is not being a blessing Yeah, because they can't think clearly because of this thing going on. Yeah. They can't process half a dozen things. Right. And, and, and be able to come up with a conclusion. Right. And yeah. So. Well, a perfect example is this child that I was working with, I was using a phonics based program and uh, they use, NACD uses processing, like how many pieces of information can you take in? How many pieces of information can you manipulate and use? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the foundational things is trying to help kids increase the amount of information they can take in. Because the more information you can take in, the better you are able to gain information from your environment. Yeah. So here is this kid who's only processing three 
So he's only able to take in about three pieces of information. Well, in order to teach reading phonetically, you have to be about a five to six, a six to do really well. So that child that I had that was able to go through this phonics program and at the end of, you know, nine months, they were reading at a third grade level. They had a higher processing level when they started. And so they were able to do this. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what their chronological age was. What matters is how many pieces they're processing. Mm -hmm. This child is processing at a three, which means... It's just like wah, wah, He's never wah, wah, get wah, it. wah, right? Yeah. Unless unless his processing level comes up, he'll never be able to learn yeah. to read phonetically. He, hear, he hears three things, and then when you say the fourth thing, he's now lost. he's heard two things. Right. You say the fifth thing, now he's heard one thing, and right. it's all lost. Right. And which is why we're still at lesson one and not mastered. Yeah. Incredibly so frustrating. The two for the th- child and the parent. Right. And the two things that they do is okay. Let's help him process better, and a lot of activities, although they're not time-consuming, but a lot of the activities are geared toward raising the processing. But at the same time, there is a way to teach a child to read when they cannot process a lot of pieces of information. And so let's get him reading so that that affects everything else in their homeschooling and their learning. So let's, let's get them to read and let's help them work on their processing. And what I found with this guy is, you know, I'm teaching him basically sight words. Mm-hmm. And when we're reading, you know, he's reading all the sight words he knows and he's mastering them quickly and he's mastering them. And then he gets to a certain point in his processing and his word knowledge. And all of a sudden he's applying phonics mm-hmm. because now his brain can look at that and recognize patterns and create new patterns and, oh, okay, this word and this word, and now I can adapt. And so now this kid who I couldn't get reading at eight is 10 and he's reading above grade level and he still has a lot of learning issues, mm-hmm. but, but we're no longer struggling with, he doesn't understand things. He doesn't understand when I read out loud. He doesn't understand you know, when he's reading something. So, you know, it's just totally changed even my ability to even just foundationally teach him. Even though you would still say, oh yeah, he's still got some issues that need to be worked on. Mm-hmm. So that, that for us has been a big game changer. One of the things that we've had to adapt to and change up as this has been, a because we've been fixing problems, it has required uh, more intensity and more focus on school than we have had in the past. And some of our kids didn't like that very much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I've always been fairly laid back. So to have a checklist of activities that they have to be accountable for, some of those have to be done with somebody and then some of them having to be done, uh, independently Mm -hmm. having, uh, some things have to be done four times a day. Now, things that are done four times a day, you only do for one to two minutes. It's not like I'm having to do this, you know, 30 yeah. minute activity four times a day. Yeah. It wasn't that way burdensome. But when you've got seven kids and you're trying to keep track of everybody in their checklists, it definitely was more just, it took a lot more focus and intensity. It required less flexibility than we normally have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it required, because the, the foundation here is that we need to input enough frequency, intensity, you know, that consistency, not only consistency in a one day, but consistency over days to see improvement and change. And of course, it's always harder to fix things than it is to prevent them to begin with. 
And so that, that was a big thing. I feel like that, that aspect of it has sort of, uh, relaxed a little now that we have most everybody's on a good track and our one guy that struggles still has trouble from time to time when things are chaotic in our home, he kind of loses it, but then he gets it back a lot faster. One thing that NACD doesn't do is that they're not going to label our kids. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's hard to communicate about it because I haven't gone and gotten a diagnosis. I haven't gotten an ADD diagnosis, an ADHD, an autism spectrum diagnosis, even though if you look at what these kids are struggling with, Traditionally, this is how they would be labeled. Um, auditory processing disorders, visual processing disorders. Um, these are, I've just described our kids mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Dyslexic. Dyslexic. That's a big one. Every, let's see one. I think all but two of our kids would have been labeled dyslexic by the school system, mm -hmm. you know. But we don't label them. What we do is we look at what they're struggling with and we say, how can we fix it? Mm -hmm. So autism spectrum is a, you know, you can have kid with these three, uh, symptoms and you can have a kid with these three symptoms and they're nothing alike. And they're both autism spectrum disorders. Well, that doesn't really help. What we need to see is what are those three things and what do we need to do to fix them? <laughs> and that way that child can, you know, use their brain better than the way they, you know, and, and I want to caveat by saying I have a uh, cousin who's, um, the oldest in our family and she's severely autistic and you know, what, what she struggles with is not on the level of what my kids have been struggling with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my apologies when you're dealing with, with the, the serious and profound and yeah, yeah I'm not, although NACD does work with those kids. Well, they're well equipped and they do great. And Downs. Yes. Down and syndrome. And as we said before, traumatic brain injuries. So here we are doing our first seven and then six and then five. We've got five kids. Uh, and we're using NACD not only for therapies, but also for homeschooling ideas and help in that area. And then I get pregnant and they say, your child has spina bifida. Yeah. What are you going to do about therapies? Yeah. <laughs> and we said. Guess what? Okay, God, we see why you had us doing this. We well, thought. Another reason. <laughs> yeah. We thought we were supposed to be helping these kids with these issues. And we were. But now well, we see this is essential. Yeah, for, now this is Patrick's life. Yeah. This guy is going to have different forms of therapy for a long time because different he's, issues. he's got biological issues that are going to affect his nerves and his brain. He has you know, things that we really need to work on. Yeah. And, um, and his, his legs will, you know, will always be different from mm -hmm. typical. So we're going to need to work on those and all of that. And so I feel like the Lord just went, Oh, see, now you're all comfortable with this. So let me give you a child that really, really needs an ACP. So that is a blessing to us. Yeah. So I would like you to talk a little bit because I'm talking, you know, I, I've been the primary, primary implementer, mm -hmm. although I will tell, especially when we had all seven doing it, this has been very much a family, um, adventure mm -hmm. because at, at one point we were pairing olders with youngers. Uh, we've had to, we've had to all work together because there's a lot there and it's not 
I couldn't have gone through everybody's, all seven children's programs and done all the activities with everybody. There weren't enough hours in my day. And so it forced me to do more delegation. It forced me to rely on older children to do things. And it also forced me to hold accountable the ones that were old enough to be accountable, but were not in the habit of it. Mm -hmm. I had let those middle kids sort of slide Mm -hmm. and I was treating them like six, seven, eight year olds when they needed to be held accountable to know you're old enough to know what you need to do and to get it done. You know, these things that you can do independently and they weren't in that habit. And so we had a lot of character training involved in, in using NACD and applying it in our home. But I mean, that's a good thing too, but I would like you to just talk a little bit more from your perspective, watching it. You've been very involved, but you haven't been hands-on in doing programs so much. That's what we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your, what have you seen or, you know, and then you can talk strength and weaknesses and changes. Yeah, definitely a change for our family to become a whole lot more rigid in the things that had to be done every day. Uh, and, and for us, it made sense to do it in the same way for the most part, at the same time, uh, every day getting in a, a habit like that was the only way we could actually get it done. Um, it does take a lot more time than what we were doing before, but it's also a lot more productive. <laughs> and we weren't spending a lot of time before. <laughs> no, no, we're still not doing, you know, six, seven hours of school a day. Like, no. like a lot of people do, uh, I guess probably the biggest thing is the rapid increase or the rapid improvement that it shows. Yeah. Uh, the most amazing thing I think, and I, I guess it's, I've lost some of the amazement of it because it's been a while now and I've gotten used to it. But early on, the most amazing thing to see was how it affect their behavior mm. uh, to, to work through some of these issues yeah. Uh, how it had a direct effect on the behavior of the children. Yes. Uh, I did not know that there were connections between um, a learning disability, if you want to call it that, and a child's behavior. Uh, I, I understood the profound right. issues that we've already talked about, but I didn't know that if a child is dyslexic or if a child uh, has a tendency to uh, hyper obsess on something, uh, that he can kind of go off the rails with that, or you can exercise him out of that, mm-hmm. train him out of that. And if you don't train someone who hyper focuses on something away from that, just imagine what kind of adult it creates. Right. Uh, someone who can't control their, their passions and their desires, you know, they oftentimes end up in jail. Yeah. Because <laughs> they just can't stop themselves from doing things or they don't want to stop themselves from doing things that they want to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously as, as young parents, you always think that's where your kids are going to end up. They're all going to jail. <laughs> that's because you're, because, you know, we're the worst parents ever. We panic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is very, uh, very neat to see how God has made our bodies to, uh, to work. Yeah. And that, that's another cool thing that I've seen. I saw it with Rich in his therapy, uh, how, and we'll see it with Patrick as well, how training the body, using the body and training trains the brain. Yes. Uh, and how interconnected they are. Yes. Uh, you know, you think that brain therapy is where they, you know, hook up these electrodes to the head <laughs> and it goes, and there, you know, there's all these smart people in the room and you're just watching and have no idea what's going on. 
But brain therapy uh, works in reverse yeah. of how your body works. You know, your body moves. You move your hand as your brain sends a signal to your hand to move. Yeah. Well, if you want to send a signal to the brain, move your hand differently. Move mm-hmm. your arms differently. Move your legs differently. And it's going to send signals to the brain yeah. and train it to function yeah. the way it's supposed to function. Uh, that That's just flat out amazing to yeah, me. That's such a testimony to how God has made us. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I love that NACD, uh, doesn't come at things from the typical scientific world of evolution. Right. Um, they, they well, are, they're not, they're not a Christian organization. Right. They work with everybody, everybody. and, and yeah. I'm not even sure everybody in, I don't even know. No. You know, religious background of, of many of the people but in ANC, but, but they we, do recognize yeah, God's we, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they absolutely recognize the individuality of every child. They recognize the miracle of children. They don't, they don't come from a, a yeah, I mean, I don't even know they, they. An explicit Christian worldview. No. But we as explicit Christian worldview people are incredibly comfortable with them. Well, and you know, like my coach is a believer and you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're definitely working with people who, who you have to have a sense of the divine to believe that all these changes are possible. Yeah. You have to also understand that there is something about children that's more than their biology Yeah, that causes these kids to exceed beyond, mm-hmm. you know, beyond expectations, beyond, um, what anybody thought they were incapable of. Yeah. And, and I think the, the one thing, the last thing I would say is that as you look at the cost of it, there can be some sticker shock. Yeah. But like you said, the value yeah. is there. Well, I mean, I pointed out to you, our first year with NACD cost less than if we had sent one of our children to classical school. Oh, yeah. To, I, to I, any, I mean, any quality Christian school. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. So... On one hand, you know, this homeschooler who's used to spending about $500 a year total on all seven of my children, mm-hmm. you know, I do, you do have some sticker shock and we have had to sacrifice in some ways. Ironically, we were getting pretty close to thinking, you know what, maybe, you know, the, the budget's gotten tight and we're all on a good, good trajectory here. And we kind of know what to do when this issue and this issue comes up and maybe it's about time for us to think about you know, stopping working with an ACD or just keeping one child on and letting everybody else do this differently. And that's when we got pregnant with Patrick yeah. <laughs> and they were like, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. But God has had, I mean, God's provided in different ways and, and we've had to sacrifice certain things to do that. Yeah. And I would just say the value, one, the, the first value that jumped off, uh, jumped out at me was that, um, you know, you have a, you have a little, guy or girl who struggles to kind of pull things together in their head. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you could, you can tell it's incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this would be like the example you gave earlier of the one who's processing at a level of three yeah, or maybe four. And, you know, you can have adults who don't improve and they're still processing at three, four, five, six. Yeah. And, and that's a rough, life. That is a hard way to live. Think of being a parent or think of having a job and thinking and realizing, okay, this person just gave me three tasks. I have to write them down or I will forget. Yeah. Uh, I, and so there's a ceiling to your functionality in all of life. Yeah. And so if you can invest now in in your your children, 
you can get them over that hump and into a, a place to where they can kind of have a new threshold to take off from. Right. And they can go a lot higher, but you've, you've given such an incredible gift to that child for the rest of their lives. Yes. Even though at the time they're going to feel maybe really frustrated and like, can we go back to the way things used to be? Cause I got to play outside a lot more. Before. Yeah. That was, that was the most recent criticism of, of, uh, we don't get to play enough because <laughs> uh, my our older siblings played a lot more. And it's like, yes, mom was more tired then. Yeah, of course that came in the middle of winter when <laughs> it's about as dark and cold as could be. So yeah, yeah that, that, I guess would be everything I have to say. Well, one of the things that you've brought up too, is even you appreciate, you know, as an elder in the church, uh, you know, this, I'm not even talking about sending your kids to college or, or academics or anything, just you dealing with issues in the church and you realizing I need to be able to take in more information and process that information mm-hmm. in order to be a good elder. To be able to think about things logically. Right. And that's what I was going to say. Those, a lot of people don't have even biblical reasoning. And some of it is because they can't reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they didn't take the logic class in high school. It's because they cannot take in all of that and think of, and take it out and look at it and Process manipulate it. it and put it back, you yeah. know, and then go, yeah. okay, therefore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of real life implications. Right. Absolutely. So while NACD isn't for everybody, uh, I bet most families would have at least one child who could benefit from it and and the parents could benefit from it as well. One of the things too, that I really appreciate, appreciate, um, is that when it comes to homeschooling, there are, there's so much, um, either a, this is the way we've always done it Mm -hmm. when it comes to education. Mm -hmm. And it makes no sense in the way God made a child's brain and the way God made a child. Then there's a curriculum model. And that's, like I said, that's the, everybody should be doing the same thing at the same time in the same way. And we did not have that perspective even before NACD, but NACD has even just even more to me emphasized. There is actually a scientific and uh, provable way to make every subject area both easier and to know when we should actually introduce it. And it doesn't have to do with how old the child is. It has to do with their processing level. So whether they're 10 or 15, when they get to this point, then they're ready for analytical grammar. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what grade they're in. It doesn't matter they're in fourth grade or eighth grade or whatever. What matters is they're being able to process these pieces. And if you wait until they can process at this level, it's going to come really easily. It's like algebra and geometry. You know, it's so funny. I think the reason a lot of people hate algebra and, and, or geometry is because they were not ready as far as processing goes. When they got there. Cause once, once your processing is at a certain place, when someone shows you algebra, it's really easy. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad sometimes for my kids because I must have had a pretty good processing level because school was so easy for me. And so I liked it because I was successful. And yet I was asking my kids to do things that, that truly their brain yeah, they weren't ready for. was not ready to do. And it was, right. you know, here I am pressuring the six, seven, eight year old to do something mm-hmm. because they're six, seven and eight, but yet they're processing not well. Mm-hmm. And so you're asking them to make bricks out of straw. Mm-hmm. And for me, it has really helped streamline, even though that was always my goal, mm-hmm. but it has really streamlined as far as the skill levels in, in homeschooling so that I know that everything I'm doing is targeted and it is the 
most efficient way to get where we're going. So I am not wasting time. I am not running in circles. I am not fretting. Am I using the right curriculum? I'm not fretting and stewing and wasting emotional energy. I know exactly what we need to do. I need to do it very specifically. I know it's targeted for that particular child. You know, as long as I do it, and as long as we can, we can get it in, I know that I've done everything I quote should do and everything that I want to do with them. Hi, this is Eric from Highlands. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast from Kara and Steve Murphy as much as I have. The Murphys have long written for our magazine, Every Thought Captive, and I'm thrilled that we're getting to hear even more from them as they seek to apply scripture to their everyday lives. The Murphys are just a part of the community of believers that make up the teaching in Highlands. We are adding new voices all the time as we seek to learn from each other about what God would have us to be and how he would have us to live. You can find this podcast and all our other resources on our website at highlandsministriesonline.org. I value your feedback. You are who we are here for. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, please don't hesitate to email me at info at highlandsministriesonline.org. 